the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. Good morning. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we're underway on this Tuesday, the second morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Appreciate you being with us. I also will appreciate when it happens one hour from now, Peter Kersenow being with us, which he will do uh, for his commentary on all things Brandon. Uh, Pete is infatuated with Brandon. Absolutely loves the Let's Go Brandon takeover that is going on in this country and that is right now triggering leftists, I mean, in ways you cannot imagine. They they are collectively freaking out over the fact that America has embraced Let's Go Brandon, which, of course, is the gentle and non-profane way of saying blank Joe Biden. Blank Joe Biden and all of the misery he's causing. Blank Joe Biden and all of his his uh, gas prices increasing. Blank Joe Biden and all of his lumber supplies prices increasing. Blank Joe Biden and all of his empty store shelves. Blank Joe Biden and his open border putting the United States in grave danger. Blank Joe Biden for all of his lies about the economy. Blank Joe Biden for vaccine mandates. Blank Joe Biden for killing soldiers in Afghanistan. Blank Joe Biden for abandoning Americans in Afghanistan. Blank Joe Biden is let's go, Brandon. And it is sweeping the country and triggering Democrats in ways you cannot imagine. And they have all, of course, forgotten, completely forgotten, that through four years of the Trump administration, blank Trump was their mantra. But they didn't have a cute little clean way of saying it. They just said blank Trump. Out loud, in crowds, on TV, they said it everywhere they could. They held up severed heads of the president. The things that they did to smear, denigrate, insult, curse Donald J. Trump 
were just unbelievable. I mean, and it makes Let's Go Brandon look like what it is. Nothing but a gentle euphemism for we disagree with Joe Biden. That is exactly what it is. So uh, really uh, an amazing thing. We're going to talk to Pete about that and so much more. He's going to talk also about Colin Kaepernick, story we told you about a little bit yesterday. We'll tell you a little bit more about today. And the Virginia race, which is going to be a huge, huge story all over the country. You know, it's bizarre. It's not bizarre. It's uh, interesting <clears throat> that we can't vote. <clears throat> excuse me. We can't vote in Virginia from Ohio. Uh, yet the Virginia governor's race is going to impact Ohio. The Virginia governor's race is going to impact California. It's going to impact Utah. It's going to impact every single part of this country because it is going to be kind of seen as a bellwether. If Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat, somehow weasels his way back into the governor's mansion in the state of Virginia in that election today, it will be a signal that the Democrats still have life, that the Biden agenda still lives, that they can indeed get things done that they want to get done as part of their fundamental transformation of this country from a capitalist uh, democratic republic to a socialist authoritarian regime. Literally, they will still have a, a, a strong hope of doing that as we head toward the 2022 midterms 12 months from right now. A Glenn Youngkin win, however, in the state of Virginia today will signal a massive defeat, not just for Joe Biden or Brandon, not just for Joe Biden, but literally for the entire Democrat agenda, the entire Democrat platform, that they somehow felt like they had a mandate to institute and implement when they won a simple four-vote majority in the U.S. House and a zero-vote majority, a 50-50 tie majority in the United States Senate. It will be a massive blow to their entire spend, 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 smear, 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 divide, divide, divide campaign, or a platform, rather. So it's a big deal. It's going to have an impact on races here. It's going to be in a, have an impact on how Democrats run in their congressional races and gubernatorial races going forward in the next 12 months. Uh, the outcome in Virginia is going to have a big impact on how Republicans approach things. They're going to try to model the Glenn Youngkin campaign strategy um, and just hope that they have somebody as utterly unlikable and disgusting and slimy and, and filthy uh, as a candidate as Terry McAuliffe. So all of that is going to be on the docket for conversation this morning. And let's start it after we do this. It is time for our Pledge of Allegiance. Let's get our day started the right way. Please rise, patriots. Face your flag if you have one. Put your hand over your heart and join us. Leftists, Democrats, Kaepernick supporters, um, McAuliffe supporters, Biden supporters, please take a knee. You don't have to rise. We know how you feel about this country anyway. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all yes indeed uh, and again there will be more on Kaepernick uh, this I promise you but let's start with Terry McAuliffe because it, it is almost incomprehensible it's almost impossible to describe how disgusting and how slimy and how vile this man is. You know, it's weird. I, I <laughs> The left will say Donald Trump, of course. But I, I will say I, it's weird how many times I have called an individual on the left as, a, as an elected 
office holder or a candidate the most unlikable person that I've ever seen in politics. It's weird how many times I've had to do that, but it's not wrong. I mean, it's like there's a, you know, maybe a 10-way tie for the most unlikable Democrat ever. And of course, that would include Hillary Clinton, maybe first and foremost. It would include people like AOC. It would include people, Terry McAuliffe is most definitely in that. Strangely, Bernie Sanders is not. Bernie Sanders has that crazy, weird, creepy uncle vibe that kind of some people are comfortable around. He's a socialist. He, he, he does not believe in capitalism and nor, you know, this country and how in uh, upon which it was founded. But but there's something about him that isn't just utterly unlikable, especially when you listen to him talk and he's got that goofy delivery and so forth. You know, Joe Biden is absolutely <laughs> moronic, but he's not unlikable because he's got that friendly, you know, Uncle Joe vibe going that he's always had as he, you know, embraces your daughter and grabs her shoulders and sniffs her hair. Uh, th- there's something about him that people just say they're comfortable with. But there are some of them that are just not. I will tell you this. I was on the air in Toledo, Ohio, back in 2003, 2004, 2005. And back then, Terry McAuliffe was not a Virginian. He was an Ohioan. And you know what he was? He was the chief of the Democrat Party in Ohio. He was the head of the DNC, or not the DNC, but the Ohio Democrat Party. And he... I did interviews with him as he tried to push candidates up in Northwest Ohio. And I did interviews with him. And I'm telling you, I have interviewed people from the, to the very highest offices in the land, including the President of the United States. I've interviewed senators. I've interviewed governors. I've interviewed senators, or I sorry, said senators, House members. I've interviewed Hall of Fame athletes. I mean, I've interviewed some really remarkable people. And I'm telling you, he might have been. I gotta ponder it, but he might have been the most reprehensible figure I've ever spoken to in a live interview. I mean, condescending, rude, um, overly aggressive, unjustifiably so, uh, coming from places where he had no answers to legitimate questions. I kind of do that. <laughs> ask, ask uh, Jane Timken. Ask Anthony Gonzalez. Uh, I kind of ask questions sometimes that uh, uh, interview subjects are just not ready for, and it makes them look really, really bad. And they can either you know be humble about it or they can get really angry about it and act like jerks. Well, there's Terry McAuliffe. He is just one of the most reprehensible figures. And now he is sitting there, his closing message in this all-important race that's going to impact congressional races in the state of Ohio and, as I say, around the country, in this, because of his uh, um, kind of bellwether election here against um, against uh, Glenn Youngkin and Terry McAuliffe's closing message yesterday at an event, at a campaign event, was to complain that there are too many white teachers in Virginia. That's right. The 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 Democrat candidate for governor in Virginia, who stepped in it. And then, you know, he stepped in a pile of, of dog mess and then put his foot in his mouth all at the same time when he told parents, you don't have a right to have a say in your kid's education. When he stood there on a debate stage and told parents that parents shouldn't be deciding what their kids are taught and how their kids are taught and what their kids are exposed to, how their kids are treated, 
whether or not their kids are safe in their environments, in their schools. He told parents to get out of the way and let the state raise their kids. And that was the beginning of the end, so far, for Terry McAuliffe. His polling numbers went from being plus 5 to plus 7 to minus 4 to minus 6. Right now, as it stands, according to polling, now we all know what happens with polling in elections, mostly because of presidential races, but, you know, gubernatorial races are subject to the same errors, I suppose. But according to the polling, Glenn Youngkin is going to win, and it's going to be announced relatively early tonight. The Republican, Glenn Youngkin, is going to win in a very deeply blue state of Virginia, all because of Terry McAuliffe's extraordinary, divisive uh, campaign platform. Parents sit down and shut up. And now, by the way, uh, he, he calls accusations that critical race theory is being taught in Virginia or is being planned to be taught in Virginia. He calls it all lies. It's false. He said it's just a... It's a racist dog whistle to complain about CRT being taught. First of all, first of all, that makes no sense whatsoever. A dog whistle, as Bill Maher, who is starting to sound more and more conservative by the day, uh, as Bill Maher pointed out, a dog whistle is kind of code for something that you can't really say out loud. It's just code that only other people will understand who are, who are like-minded thinkers. That's a dog whistle. You know, like dogs can only hear dog whistles. You get it? Everybody else doesn't know it. Well, CR, calling out CR, CRT as, as a dog whistle would be like saying, we're not telling you what it is. We're not telling you how divisive it is. It's not a dog whistle. It is not code. It is very direct. Teaching young black kids that they are perpetual victims and teaching young white kids that they are perpetual oppressors is 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 directly what CRT does, and criticizing that is not a dog whistle. It's also not racist. But he said it's a dog whistle, and he continues to divide black from white by then saying, and I quote, 50% of our students are students of color. 80% of the teachers are white. So what I'm going to do for you will be the first state in America, he said, if you go to teach in Virginia for five years in a high-demand area, that could be a geographic, it could be coursework, we will pay room board tuition any college, any university, or any HBCU here in Virginia. End quote. And why? Because the state must diversify its teaching staff. Because white teachers can't teach black students. Black students can't be expected to, to learn from their oppressors. This is the message of Terry McAuliffe. And if this is a bellwether, this Virginia gubernatorial race that you and I can't impact whatsoever here from the state of Ohio, but we are going to be impacted by it, if it truly is a bellwether for the Biden administration agenda, for the Democrats' national agenda to push DIE, diversity, inclusion, and equity, to push CRT, critical race theory, to push GT, gender theory, to push the, the, the rainbow mafia agenda. If this is a bellwether for that, and Terry McAuliffe loses because he is highlighting exactly what so many suburban families are just disgusted by, the ongoing racial division and the racial attacks the separatism, 
The belief that everything should be grounded in skin color. The belief that we should be the opposite of colorblind, which is what Martin Luther King called for, that we should all be, in fact, color aware. That the first thing that we should see about someone in judging them is their skin color. And if it's dark, then they are victims. Judge them to be so. And if it's light, they're oppressors, privileged, supremacists. Judge them as such. That's what Terry McAuliffe's vision is. If he wins, it will send shockwaves through this country that that message of racial division is is real, it's accurate, and it's a winner. If he loses today, it'll be an enormous impact on the races here in Ohio and, as I say, around the country, because it will send a signal that that is not how these this uh, control of this country is going to happen. It's not going to happen with critical race theory, diversity, inclusion, and equity, or D.I.E. die. That is not going to be, be how this works. So his division saying white teachers can't teach black kids, that black teachers must be there to teach black kids, it's the only way black kids are going to have a chance, that, that idea must D.I.E. That idea must die, and it must be killed by the voters of Virginia today. We won't be able to react to it until tomorrow, but you better keep your eyes on it today. All right, 216 Don't forget, curse an hour at 1035. So if you want to get in, the best time to get in is in hour number one. That's 216 right back on AM 1420 The Answer. free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. Okay, 927 AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks for being with us. So I just got a text message from a friend that said McAuliffe was more rude than Kasich. Wow, that's saying something. And my response, oh yeah, oh yeah. I've interviewed Kasich and I'm telling you, John Kasich Despite his rudeness and his condescension and his, his willingness to talk down to just about everybody, he was Mother Teresa compared to the way Terry McAuliffe would talk. I'm telling you, Terry McAuliffe in an interview on the radio is just an ass. You see it and you hear it from the debate stages. You see it and hear it from his campaign rallies. You see it and hear it in his interviews as he gets up and storms away. Did you not see the one he did with, uh, was it 60 Minutes? I think there was, there were interviews with, with Yonkin. And McAuliffe that were separate, but they were supposed to be the same identical setting, the same circumstances, same length of time, and so on. And after like six minutes, McAuliffe just said, okay, you're done, and stormed off because he did not like the direction of the questioning. I'm telling you, that guy is a child. He is an absolutely immature child. He, if he starts to sense something going the wrong way, that's why I told you. When I interviewed him, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, he was as bad, if not worse, than anybody I ever talked to. And I don't care about his political persuasion. I'm talking about the just the likability factor. Um, Jay is in Cleveland. <clears throat> Jay, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go right ahead, sir. Good morning, Bob. Pleasure to chat with you once again. I'm driving through sunny downtown Cleveland in a tractor trailer, and I heard your story about Terry McAuliffe. And here's where his entire 
dedication to racism falls apart entirely. He proposes to replace a significant number of white teachers in Virginia with people of color or black teachers mm-hmm. because, he says, black students cannot properly learn from white teachers because they are his, their oppressors. So he's going to replace a bunch of white teachers with black teachers who have come up through the system and have all been more or less taught by the culture that he wants to replace, which is to say white teachers. They went to white-taught elementary school, white-taught middle school, white-taught high school. Eventually they moved on to white professor colleges and got their degrees in whatever it is that they got their degrees in and their teaching certificates through institutions that were populated primarily, according to him, by white people. How is he going to square that when he brings in a bunch of black or people of color teachers to teach to black students when, in fact, they have the same teaching credentials as all of the white people that he wants to replace? Well, I'll tell you what you have just done, my friend. You have, ju- you have just cornered him in a way that I guarantee you he would flip you off and storm away from if you asked him that in person, because that's the kind of guy he is, and you just nailed it. That is exactly right. He would be telling black teachers who learned from white teachers uh, that now you go ahead and forget anything you learned from those white teachers and teach black to the black students. That's the only, it's the only thing you could There's possibly say. There's no way say. out of that. No, There's you cornered no him. no way out of that. You cornered him, and that's why, like I said, he would flip you off, stick his tongue out at you, call you a name, and storm off in a huff. Uh, I'll tell you what, Jay. I'll tell you what, Jay. You've, uh, you you know, my finger is on the button already, and that's what I was setting up right now. Can you dig it? Good job, Jay. Thanks for the call. We'll be back after the news. president is incoherent doesn't mean you have to be the bob france authority keeping you politically coherent on am 1420 the answer yeah and if you are politically coherent at all and if you live in the city of cleveland um you will do the right thing today and you will oppose the racial politics of mayoral candidate justin bibb and you will oppose the unbelievably dangerous issue 24 it's election day it's it's a day to decide your future in a lot of ways now this is not of course a uh, you know a um an on election year if you will this is an off election year cycle of course uh we don't have the midterm elections until next year which drives massive turnouts we don't have a presidential election until 24 massive turnouts this is an off year and the turnouts are not going to be great all right, they're not going to be huge in virtually any of the cities uh, where there are going to be very important things on the ballot. For example, there are a lot of um, school board races. We talked about this in some depth yesterday with uh, with um, uh, John Stover from from Ohio Value Voters. Uh, so important to get the divisive. Uh, CRT proponents off of school boards to get the uh, transgender mafia uh, supporters off of school boards because it's simply dangerous and unfair to children of both sexes, both boys and girls. That's right, both sexes. There are two. 
and, and, and only two. Um, to put them in that circumstance in their schools, it's just, it's just not right. You've got to vote for these people who are coming to the school board, in these school board uh, um, races, with an idea of getting rid of all of that nonsense and just teaching kids. Teaching kids to read, teaching them to write, teaching them to do math, teaching them to do science, teaching them history. Yes, accurate history, not fictional history, not 1619 history, real history. Teach it all to them, free of the indoctrination. So that's important. And what's also important in this election cycle that is not going to have a great turnout in the city of Cleveland is that race and is that issue I just told you about. Kevin Kelly is the council president. Kevin Kelly, I don't find to be particularly outstanding as a candidate. Uh, I think he has been a very uh, ineffectual council leader, to be 100% honest with you, uh, in the city of Cleveland. I think he rubber-stamped far too many of Frank Jackson's ideas and decisions, uh, for my taste. Guided the council in that direction. Don't have a ton of use for Kevin Kelly. But Kevin Kelly is God when compared to Justin Bibb, particularly, again, as it pertains to public safety. Kevin Kelly is opposed to Issue 24, which would gut the Cleveland Police Department and turn the city of Cleveland over to the gangs. Now, I'm not exaggerating that. I'm not using hyperbole. I'm telling you straight. Kevin Kelly opposes issue 24 wants the police to be able to be cops and do what needs to be done to protect people in the city in particular minorities because the vast amount of shootings violent crimes occur in minority neighborhoods and are being committed by minority suspects perpetrators and victimizing minority uh, residents if the police department is gutted, more minorities will die. It is not a question. It is not a, uh, a supposition. It's an, it's an observable fact. That's why so many cities, by the way, around the country that have, have slashed their police department budgets as a part of, quote-unquote, defunding police, are quickly coming back and saying, we've got to hire more police because their crime rates are going through the roof. And the victims, in most urban settings, as I said, by an extraordinarily large number, completely disproportionate to the population, are minorities. If black lives matter, cops need to be on the beat, because they protect black lives, and white lives, and Latino lives, and on down the line. That's reality. That's not politics. That's not, like I said, that's not just theater. Justin Bibb wants the police in Cleveland to be handcuffed. Justin Bibb and other proponents like Samaria Rice, who's a complete and utter phony, using the tragedy involving her son to advance herself. Issue 24 is would literally handcuff police. Literally. When I say literally, do you know what the word literal means? That means not just figurative, not just, you know, it means they, they won't be able to work as freely. They want to slap cuffs on police for anything that they do. Issue 24 would create an oversight, a civilian oversight commission that would be responsible for deciding all questions of police conduct or misconduct. And it's going to be staffed 
and 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 filled this committee is by anti-police activists like Samaria Rice and others. It's just devastating. It is devastating if issue 24 passes in the city of Cleveland. And you might say, boy, Bob, I'm glad I don't live in Cleveland. I'm glad I live in Menor. I'm glad I live in Strongsville. I'm glad I live in Lorraine. I'm glad I live in Bay. I'm glad I live in Beechwood. Because, boy, that would stink if it was in my community. I've got news for you. As goes Cleveland, so goes your community and mine. If Cleveland is turned into a lawless, gang-ridden, violent hellhole, you think businesses are going to be able to stay open down there, downtown? You think people who commute from all of our little suburban communities into Cleveland are going to have anywhere to go? You ever going to go into Cleveland again for a show? You ever going to go into Cleveland again for a game? You ever going to go into Cleveland again to a museum? If you know it has become just an absolute shooting gallery? Well, what do you think it's going to be? If 300 or more police officers retire or resign because issue 24 passes, and they don't want to wear the handcuffs because they are it's decided that when their life was on the line and they had to make a decision about force, and they got into a scuffle with a suspect who resisted arrest, and the suspect hits his head on the ground while the fight happens, And then the Civilian Review Board says that police officer assaulted that suspect and used unnecessary force and drove his head into the ground. And suddenly that police officer is in handcuffs. What do you think is going to happen? Cops are going to flee the city of Cleveland like nothing you've ever seen. It's already 125 cops below the budgeted force that they should be at. There is budget. Understand this. Nobody is talking about when they want to strengthen the police force in Cleveland, trying to find new money to hire 125 more cops so that cops can can uh, uh, can patrol in pairs, not single patrol cars, so that cops can do more investigative work. Nobody's talking about finding new money. There's already money there. It's in the budget to have 125 more cops than they have, but they don't have them. They're hiring academy classes of, or bringing in academy classes of 20 and 30 while they're having retirements of 50 and 60 each each uh, a quarter, and you, you wonder what's happening. The police force is shrinking. There's more room for the criminals to commit crimes, much less likelihood of them being seen, and even if they are seen, new policies say they can't be chased. It's already just a very dangerous place to be. Homicides are on a record pace again over last year, which was a new record for homicides in Cleveland. How many think it's going to be if issue 24 passes and Justin Bibb is mayor and anti-police advocate and 300 cops leave? What do you think Cleveland's going to look like? I can tell you what it's going to look like. It's going to look like Chicago. It's going to look like hell. That's what it's going to look like. The gangs, who are going to have no fear of apprehension because there's going to be not 125 fewer police officers than budgeted, but 425 police officers or fewer police officers than are budgeted. And they're going to say they can't catch us. They aren't even anywhere to be found. Crime will go through the roof. Minorities 
and this is this is the the sad irony of it all on this election day 2021 in the city of Cleveland. Here's the irony of it all. Justin Bibb and the anti-police activists who want to create this board say that it's to protect the minority community from police misconduct. And yet it's the minority community that will suffer extraordinarily without police being there to protect them. It happens over and over and over again. Except this time, it quite literally will 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 lead to the, the, the death of the city as you know it. This won't be able to be, you know, rebounded from. It's an awkward phrasing. I apologize. This isn't something that you can just bounce back from and say, oh, well, that didn't work so well. Let's hire more cops. Cops aren't coming. Who's going to apply to come to a city where a commission like that exists, a commission that already hates you because you have your blue uniform and is already looking for you, a place to, to lock you up if you get into an encounter with, with a minority in Cleveland. I mean, it, we are literally going to have law-abiding citizens trapped in their homes because they can't come out because they're going to be victimized and there are going to be no police officers there to save them. So this is Election Day 2021. It's an off year. It's not going to be a big turnout. Every single vote will matter. A vote against Justin Bibb, a vote against Issue 24, every last one counts. If you want to keep Cleveland as even a remotely safe place to be, to live, to work, to, uh, to uh, you know, go to entertainment venues, if you want Cleveland to be anything even remotely safe, you have to do this. Every vote will matter as will every vote in these school board races that we have been talking about as well. And I think I've got a caller on who wants to talk about just that. Joanne is in Lakewood. Uh, let's bring in Joanne on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Joanne. What's on your mind? Uh, Bob, um, I just wanted to mention my son, uh, Chuck Barchi, is running for the school board in Rocky River. Yeah. You had did a nice, fair interview for uh, with Corrigan and Royster, too. But, you know, it's been such a negative campaign, and I just wanted to give you an update. I asked him the other day, I said, Chuck, why are you even running? <laughs> you know, as his mother, just seeing what's going on, he said, uh, I'm fighting for the student, is what he told me. I was so proud of him. And can I give you three small things that he mentioned how he's doing this? Okay. Uh, he said, Kids shouldn't have to live behind a mask during what should be the best times of their life, their school years. Agreed. The second thing he said is he heard from parents that were upset that their young child uh, had gone to these classes at the uh, Rocky River uh, Library uh, run by these drag queens, and he said it's important who gets on the school board because they approve of the library board. Library board, right, exactly. How that's making decisions. And the last uh, point was he said he was getting uh, calls from parents uh, that were questioning their ch- that ch- his child was coming home from school saying things that were they probably never would have talked about, race issues and that, after discussions in school. Now, they say it doesn't start uh, until college, but... He was hearing from the kids, and other people are hearing from it's it's starting um, in high schools. 
you know, by the time they, they do get in college, they come home sometime. My, my grandchildren, I don't even know them. They're, you know, so college mm-hmm. is different, mm-hmm. but to start this early, it's, it's like, uh, you said before in talking about the school board, uh, their campaign has been, um, uh, education, not activism. And I feel, I feel so proud of him because he's fighting for the kids. And I want to thank you publicly. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to compliment you. I feel like you're pi- uh, fighting for the kids when you bring on these school board issues because that's, that's the future of our country. And I'm, I'm proud of you too for what you do. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. And I'm so glad you shared everything that, that your, uh, your son, you know, Chuck Barchi and the others stand for in the statements he's made. He's right every step of the way. And you're right. My children are grown now. Well, I mean, my, they're 20 and 18. They're not in elementary or high schools anymore. So let's put it that way. They're not grown in a way, but, uh, but, but I do care because you know what? Someday, God willing, I'm going to have grandchildren and I hope there are schools at that time. They're going to be able to educate my children without trying to pollute their minds, corrupt their minds, make them hate their country, make them, make them hate their skin color, make them hate the other people in the classroom based on their skin color. I've got going to have grandkids someday. And quite frankly, this country, thank you for the call, uh, Joanne. This country is going to be led by generations of kids that are going to be educated one way or the other. They're going to be educated through actual education or through political indoctrination. I do not want to see a country that is run by people who are led by that leftist, woke, political indoctrination. Uh, It will not last. It will not survive. Such a country simply will not survive. So... In a way, yes, I am fighting for the children because it, it's going to impact all of us, including my children and, and, and one day my grandchildren. I hope we all take that same approach. Thank you, Joanne. Right back after this. Okay, 957, let's get to uh, T.J. in Cleveland. Hey, T.J., you're on the air. Go right ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, you're absolutely right. What's going to happen in Cleveland if 24 goes through and Bibb get elected? We're going to be like a criminal sanctuary city. Uh, They're going to take their crime to the suburbs. They're going to commit their crimes, and then they know once they come back and cross the city line, they got a safe sanctuary. So you're absolutely right. It's going to spill over. Uh, into the, the the surrounding towns and everything. And one other thing with this Macala, you know, Bob, now I know why libtards are considered so intellectually superior to the rest of us. We, we've been debating the school problems for years, and now he's come up with the solution. Too many white teachers. Uh, I wonder how the uh, National Teachers Association agrees with him. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's yeah, a great I, point. I think somebody should ask them, do they agree with them? Yeah, that's a great point. If because if eighty percent of the teachers are white, then 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 the teachers association hearing them say we can't have so many of you, that means that many of them have to lose their jobs and be replaced by minorities. I wonder how they would respond to that. I guarantee well, you, no one will ask them. No, they won't. Uh, and, and and you know that's just the old thing there. You know, libtards have an insatiable appetite. Once they eat all their adversaries, then they turn on each other and start eating their own. And that's exactly what McCullough did. You know, the very teachers that supported him and support these lefty ideas are the ones that are going to be out of a job if he gets his way. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's, uh, 
Well, you know, the funny know. part about it is, the funny part about it is he's arguing, and thank you, TJ, for the call. He's arguing that, you know, this is a racist dog whistle, this CRT. We don't even teach CRT in uh, Virginia. It's critical race theory is not even taught. Well, first of all, that's a lie. But let's just, for the sake of it, go with the lie and say, okay, critical race theory is not taught in Virginia classrooms. All right, fine. What exactly would be the goal of turning the classrooms, which are currently taught by the majority white teachers, into classrooms taught by the majority minority teachers? Would it be so that they can teach critical race theory? So the the first part of that, by the way, like I said, the lie part. Did you know this? I don't know if people have seen this. These are just some five titles of books that are available on the Virginia Department Department of Education website under the heading What We Are Reading. Okay, these are book titles on the Virginia Department of Education website under What We Are Reading. Now remember, Terry McAuliffe says we don't teach critical race theory in Virginia. Yet these are the books that students are reading. Walking the Equity Talk. That's number one. Push Out, the Criminalization of Black Girls in Schools. That's number two. We Want to Do More Than Survive. That's number three. How to Be an Anti-Racist. That's the one by Ibram X. Kendi. That's number four. And, wait for it, Foundations of CRT in Education. That's Foundations of Critical Race Theory in Education. These are all book titles under What We Are Reading at the Virginia Department of Education website. And yet Terry McAuliffe says, we're not teaching critical race theory in Virginia. That's just a racist dog whistle. I'm telling you, that smarmy SOB has got to go down. And when he does, it's going to lead to the end of the Democrat the next, over the next 12 months. Their disgusting, despicable, anti-American platform. He has got to get got. 10 o'clock. News time now, curse now, to talk about this and more next, AM 1420, The General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.